What's up, what's up, Illini Nation? Ricky Widmer back for another episode of Locked On Illini right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. First off, I have to start the show with a little bit of an apology. I have been MIA as of recent real-life holidays, really taken over. Not fair to you guys. Going to put that out there right away. Going to be a little bit more consistent with you guys. So I wanted to get that out of the way that I am back. I am behind the microphone, and I'm going to talk about everything that we want from Illinois basketball and Illinois football, and kind of a rough show because since I didn't do a show earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, didn't get the frustrations out with Northwestern, didn't get the immediate frustrations out with the Miami game, and we definitely got to talk about both Illinois basketball and Illinois football because after that Miami game, we got to talk about should we be worried for the Illini with the next two opponents that we got coming up. Big conference games coming up on Saturday. And then a week from right now, as I'm recording this on Wednesday, we play two big games. Then I'm going to segue basketball part two, kind of focus in on Ao Desumu. Should we be worried about Ao? Ao not looking like the same Ao Desumu that we have seen. Going to talk a little bit about Ao in a kind of spotlight segment. And then I'm going to look at the football team. After the Northwestern loss, where should we be at mentally as a fan base? The Fighting Illini kind of talking a little bit of a therapy session this podcast is going to be. But before we get into everything, make sure, number one, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Illini. You got any questions, I'm tweeting during games. Go ahead. Follow me there. Mailbag. Want to get that started. Got to build a little bit of a fan base first. Got to build the Illini, the Lockdown Illini fan base before we can dive into that. The Twitter account is where you can e- you can send me your questions or you can email me your questions, LockdownIllini at gmail.com. Those are the two ways, Lockdown Illini on Twitter, LockdownIllini at gmail.com. Those are the two ways to contact me. But let's dive into everything. Let's start with basketball because that was the most recent thing that happened Monday night. It was a complete disaster. The Illinois Fighting Illini, yes, the score was only 81 to 79, but I'm going to say it was a complete disaster because that first half was probably the worst basketball that I that I have seen. For like I can't remember. I mean, maybe last year we played pretty bad in most games, but it's like that first half was terrible to where I'm like we're not going to win this game. We're not going to cut like there's a little part of me. There's always that optimistic part of me in the back of my head. That's like, hey, you know what? If we just make some stops, get some defense going, you can't get it back all at one time. But then there's another part of me that was just like, you know what? This game is done. Stick a fork in it. And that's what it was in this game. The hole was just too big for the Illini to dig out of. Turnovers were terrible. The offense looked lost. And for me, like. To move away from the actual game and kind of looking forward because the game happened, the game's over, we can't change it. But the big question that I kind of have been thinking to myself about this basketball team is how worried should we be for Saturday? We play number three Maryland on Saturday. They played actually tonight as I'm recording this. They played Notre Dame and completely handled business. They won 72-51. to The game was never, never a question 
for them. They had four guys in double figures in the starting lineup. Smith had 15. Um, Marcel had 10. Wiggins had 11. And then Ayala had 14 for them. They were just on a roll. It's not going to, like, part of me is feeling Saturday, like, walking into that game, it's not going to be close. It's on the road. After the game we saw on Monday, the confidence level isn't really there. And then we got Michigan, who they just took their first loss of the season to the number one team. Like, the only loss they have is to the number one team in college basketball right now and we've got two top five teams coming up next there's no there's no kind of if stands or buts michigan may not be top five i mean the loss to louisville we'll see where they're ranked um by the time we get to them next wednesday but for sure maryland is going to stay at three because the rankings don't come out until next week but i would say overall illini nation we should be worried coming into these next two games because this is how we're this is how we're gonna start the Big Ten conference play. That Miami game was terrible. And the thing that I kept thinking to myself during that Miami game was when will we finally get to a point? And this is nothing against Coach Underwood. This is nothing like any coach in there. I would have had this question where when are we going to get to a spot as a team? where I no longer have to worry about playing a power five opponent, because so far the only two losses we have had are to Arizona on the road and Miami at home, the Arizona game. I will say in the first half, we did play good basketball in that game. We were only down one going into half, but the halftime adjustments like Nico Mannion and that and Jeff green and, that Wildcat team, they took over in the second half, and that's really where they won the game. Where Miami, they hit us with a blitzkrieg right away off off the start in this one. Turnovers, they were hitting threes at an insane clip. And I know people are going to say, well, Ricky, you know, how many teams are going to shoot 55% from behind the three-point arc? You had Vasilovich, who had six of nine in the game from beyond the arc, he was just feeling it. And there's a part of me that maybe the Miami game was a microcosm. Maybe we did that to ourselves, but like, I just, I don't know. It, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that we were not competitive. Like if you look at these games, yes, the Miami score was close, but if you look at them, we got blown out technically in two games against power five teams. And like, even if you go back to last year, early on in the season, Gonzaga, I want to say they're not a power five team, but they're usually a really good team. We got beat by them last year, Iowa state power five team. We lose to them. ACC challenge, Notre Dame last year. We lose to them. Nebraska, um, Ohio state to start our big 10 conference play last year. Loss, loss. Mizzou we lose to last year. And I know many people are going to say, well, Ricky, we weren't a good team last year. This team's a lot different, but I just, I feel like maybe the run that we made the last three games, Citadel, Hampton, Lindenwood, maybe that confidence that we had is kind of false confidence. That's what I'm kind of thinking right now. And 
I'll be honest. I am super worried. I'm going to, in tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to break down the three keys to victory that we're going to do and kind of some players to look out for in that Saturday matchup against Maryland. But no, I'm worried for not just the next two games. The next two games are big because we're playing probably the front runners in the, the two of the three front runners for the top four seeds in the Big Ten Conference. I would say that Michigan State, Michigan, and Maryland are going to be fighting for the top three spots with maybe Ohio State fighting for that fourth spot um, in the conference for the tournament. But no, we got to come out strong. If we do not, then I'm going to be worried maybe the rest of the year. And really it comes down to what I'm going to talk about next with Ayo DeSumo, where DeSumo just hasn't looked like the player that we expected him to be to start this season. So overall as a team, I am hitting the panic button for the next two games. Um, I'm not expecting wins. I'll be honest. And that's, I hate being like that as a fan. Of course you want to go in hoping your team is going to win, but I'm not expecting wins in these next two games, especially if we play anywhere near what we played like in that game against Miami. But we're going to go ahead and take a break before we do. Let me tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all our other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com backslash offers. We're going to take a short break, and when I get back, we'll talk more Illinois basketball. And welcome back, Illini Nation, into the Locked On podcast. Let's go ahead and kind of flip gears here. Instead of talking about the entire team, the thing that I'm kind of thinking about is what is the reason for our, not really the struggles overall, because like we've beaten Lindenwood, we've beaten the Citadel. It's really the Power 5 teams that we haven't been able to crack, and the one player that I can't help but focus on. It's not a, hey, it's all his fault, he needs to be better. It's just a an expectation thing, I think, in our minds. We expected more out of this player to start the season. He is our if-de-facto leader of this team, and I feel like Illini Nation is just not seeing what we expect from this player. And that player that I'm talking about is Ayo Desumu, the guy who came here from Morgan Park, putting the state on his back, saying, hey, I want to come here. I want to play for the Alana. He's our guy. And I want this segment to be clear. I am not doing this as a bash to Ao Desumu. I am not doing this to divide us from Ao. Ao is our guy. Ao is our leader. But at the same time, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kind of call out what I'm seeing and what I want to see because the big thing coming into this season is the whole reason Ao came back to the Illini was to up his draft stock, to play better this year, to become a lottery pick. I feel like that was the goal, of to be a lottery pick, because last year a lot of mocks, as I was doing mock drafts for Most Valuable Podcasts, go ahead and check out them too, I was really looking at the NFL and NBA draft, but the NBA draft, and Ao was like, 
a 20s guy. He was lower in the draft, not really that high. And I feel like the big thing for this year, the big goal was, hey, I'm going to play well. I'm going to up my stock. And looking at the first eight games of last year and kind of that's what I wanted to do, kind of compare where Ao was last year at this point and where he is this year at this point. And if you look at it, he's scoring more points per game. He's averaging more points per game. But to me, it's only marginal. It's only 15 points compared to it's two points more per game, 15.8 compared to about 13.1. You look at his rebounds last year through eight games, he was averaging 4.9 rebounds. He's only having 2.4. That could be a little bit. I know people are going to say, well, when you've got a guy like Kofi Coburn, you don't need to grab rebounds. You can just let the big oak tree down there, grab all the rebounds and Illinois' rebounding is not a problem. So that's one where it's like, okay, grain of salt. Then you look at the assist numbers. They're about the same, 3.1 last year. He's actually up a little bit, 3.5 this year. The foul line shots, he's actually going to the line a little bit less, and he's actually hitting less of his foul shots. He was shooting 70, or no, this year he's shooting better from the foul line. That was me. I can't read. He's going to the line more marginally he's hitting better from the line that was on me he's shooting 73 percent almost 74 percent now last year he was shooting about 60 percent from the field too he's actually averaging a better average from the field on more attempts last year he was averaging about seven what what was that no that was just two pointers overall he was averaging about 10.9 shots per game he was only making about five of them um he's he was sitting at 44 last year this year he's taken almost 13 shots per game he's making about six he's at about 49 so he's up that by five percent the big thing stat wise that i have noticed from ao and this could play into also his points per game because last year averaging less shots but you look at the three numbers. He's averaging around the same, 3.6 last year to four attempts per game this year. But in those attempts, last year he was hitting an insane 51.7 to start the season from beyond the arc. And you look at some of those games, the best games that he had from three You have like Georgetown, he was 3 of 4. Xavier, 3 of 4. Notre Dame, 2 of 3. 2 of 4 against Nebraska. Um, This year, he's actually shooting about 28% from beyond the arc, which is below. And I feel like here's the thing with Ao is the thing that is kind of missing in mind, because going through those stats is great. But really, when you're a guy that puts the team that you're like, okay, I'm going to put the team on my back, you got to be a guy that's going to be averaging points. And when you're playing power five opponents, what are you doing in those games? The Miami game, he only had 12 points. You cannot have just 12 points. You look at it, a guy like Chris Likes, who I know Illini Twitter wasn't happy with. I wasn't happy with as well. Um, Best tweet I saw was from the champagne room. They said, I don't likes this I don't likes this small guy very much. Chris likes. He had twenty-eight points in that game. I talked about Vas uh Vasilovich. 
He had 20 points in that game. Enough about the Miami game. Let's say you're talking about another game. Look at the Arizona game. AO in that game had 15 points, what he's averaging this year. Shooting from three, he was one of six in that game. Abysmal. You look at the other side. Two guys that are draft prospects, Nico Mannion and Josh Green, they both average 23 for Nico, 20 for Josh. And then it's like, that's the point where we're at. Where if I even went to, if I'm going to go to stats really quick on the year, and I'm going to go to, let's see, offensive leaders. Let's look at points per game right now. I mean, the guys that are pretty much in the draft, like Jordan Awara, who's a big draft prospect, he's averaging 21.9 points per game. And then just some other guys, like you look at Cole Anthony from UNC. He's averaging 20 points per game. However, he's also averaging seven boards. And I know the boards I got into, we got Kofi Coburn. That may play into it, but you got Cole Anthony, 20.7 points per game. Anthony Edwards down in Georgia playing for Coach Crean. He's got 20.6. And if you're sitting there going, okay, maybe we don't expect 20 points per game from Ayo Dusumu. I think that that may be a reasonable expectation for Dusumu. If he's going to be the league scorer on this team, I mean, five more points per game? Is that way too much hard? Is that way too much hard? If I can speak English, is that too much to ask for? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But even if you're not going to get that 20 points per game, you got to look at other guys. Look at Tyreek's Ma- or Tyrese Maxey with Kentucky. He's o- only averaging 14.7 points per game, but he's hitting 80% from the foul line. He's hitting 46% from the field. He's a guy that is doing like he's having better percentages while having that lower scoring output. Plus, I mean, when you got a guy like Nick Richards also putting up 14 points, that's going to happen as well. And I mean, if you look at Illinois scoring, Coburn is at 16, Felice is at 14. So really there's guys around AO, but really the only thing for AO, the two things you got to do if you're going to differentiate yourself as a high draft prospect, and yet again, it comes to the debate of what's more important, winning the game or helping your draft stock. I think in AO, they're both the same. If he goes out and balls, his draft stock is going to rise. And really, it's like, unless you're going to have a stat line kind of like the guy that is sitting at 15 in most mock drafts right now is um, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. He's a guy that's averaging around the same points as AO, 15.7. But he's getting 8.9 assists. He's getting six rebounds per game. He's shooting 73% from the foul line. He's shooting 51% from the field. You got to have those percentages. You got to either have the 20 points per game and you're putting the team on your back, or you're, hey, I'm putting 15, but I'm getting other guys involved with the assists and with AO. I just don't see that right now. He's got 15 points, but it's like he's only got 3.5 assists per game. He's only shooting. He's in the 40s for field goal percentage. The three-pointers I talked about, an abysmal 28% right now. So if we're going to beat teams like Maryland, like Michigan, we got to have our guy. We got to have Ayo DeSumo, and maybe if 
the struggles continue or the inconsistencies continue, we got to find out how we're going to get going. Because like I saw an article on busting brackets this is the last thing I'll mention before we go into our last break, but they said we got to run the offense more through Kofi. And I'm thinking how much more can we do with Kofi? Like you can't throw it down there all the time. People will just double up the big and clog up the lane. And it's easier in my mind to take, a big out of the game than it is for your athletic point guard who can drive to the lane. I don't know. I just think we need to see a better showing from Ayo Desumu. And of course he wants to play better because he wants to up his draft stock and he wants to win games for Illinois. So I think that with Ayo, it's not as a worry as I did for the next two games, but Hey, it's going to be something to look for. How does he progress through this season because he did start off slow last year and then kind of cooked it up a little bit but let me know what you guys obviously think we're going to take another break and when I come back we're going to flip over to the football side and talk about how we should be feeling after the loss to Northwestern and all right Alana Nation let's switch the focus let's go from basketball to football and I'll tell you we are all up in a frenzy after this Northwestern game, all up in a frenzy where if you go on Illini Twitter right now, you've got people calling for Lovey's head again. You've got just complete frustration from Illini Nation. And we should be like, we should be frustrated after this past Saturday's loss to Northwestern because I think many of us, just like myself, last week on the podcast, I did the what were my expectations for the game? What do I expect to get out of it? And I honestly did not think we could lose this game. I honestly did not think there was a way the Illini lose this game, even without Brandon Peters out there, even without Bay Bay out there catching passes. I was like, okay, like Northwestern is a team where we should be able to handle them. And we didn't. And a lot of people want to put that on Lovey. And here, here's the thing. And this is me a couple days after. I'm a, li- I'm a lot less cooled down than I was on Saturday. Saturday, I was a mess. I was not a pleasant person to be around. People would ask me a question. I would snap at them. Mainly because I was so upset that we lost to Northwestern. It's me. I'm a fan, just like you guys. I hate Northwestern. I hate them with a passion. And it has nothing to do, great institution has nothing to do with that. I am talking mainly as a stupid sports fan who cares way too much about his football team. I cannot stand Northwestern. And whenever we lose to Northwestern, I hate it. And I get mad and I get snippy towards like, I'll snap and I'll be like, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. I'm just an idiot. And I take sports way too seriously. This loss to me in all of its glory, do not hold glory. It's not really glory, but don't go ahead and go right back to bashing Lovey Smith. Like there are tweets that I saw on my, on my Twitter feed that were one, it was the Homer Simpson um, meme of him or the gif of him kind of going back into the bushes. And it said, a live look at everyone who said I and other lovey doubters had to eat crow because the Illini 
got a six got six wins this year. There was another one I saw writing a line. I actually quoted this, and I'm going to read both the tweets. Is the first one was a quoted tweet of Matt Rule, who um, coach at the Baylor Bears right now, and it said this is from at Ottawa Tim. He said. Good stuff here. Rule won't be at Baylor long. He could slash wood change the face of the Illini. Lovey, God bless him, is what he is. To be elite and take on Ohio State and Michigan, Josh Whitman needs to hire this guy. And I kind of agree with Reese over Reese Woodcock runs the writing Illini Twitter. I agree with Reese in this one. He said, stop with this nonsense right now. If we were bad this season, this would make sense. But Lovey got us to a bowl game when most thought we couldn't. Give the man some damn credit. Hashtag Illini. And after this game, I am totally on board with that thinking. The thinking from Reese at writing Illini of don't let one game, don't let this one game spoil this entire season. We have done something this year that no one thought we would at all. Like when I was coming into this season, all right, we may win two, three games. Like at the beginning of the year, I thought to myself, okay, we're going to definitely win the first two. Or In my mind, I was like, we should beat Akron. We should beat Eastern Michigan. We should beat Rutgers. Those are the only, if de facto, those are the for sure wins on our schedule. UConn was up in the air. Usually when we schedule those other like mid-major teams, usually don't they don't end out well for us. Think about the Cincinnati's of yesteryear. How many of those games we went in and we're like, hey, we should beat them. We have a comp like a competent team this year. And then we don't win the game. Like that has happened to us more times than I can remember. And Really, the Big Ten this year, how many of us expected to beat Wisconsin? How many of us expected to beat Michigan State at the beginning of the year? Not many. Even Purdue. How many of us expected to beat Purdue this year? It was kind of like a toss-up of like, well, let's see what kind of a Purdue team we get this year. So, I mean, don't let this Northwestern loss spoil the entire season. We have done something this year that we should hang our hat on. The reason why I think we lost that I that not Iowa, the Northwestern game is not because of Lovey Smith. You got to look at the quarterback. If Brandon Peters was out there, we win this game and I think it's more of the fact that I, maybe me and this is me and my thinking, maybe I gave Matt Robinson too much credit. Maybe I gave the true freshman too much credit going out there and maybe he's not the guy maybe he's not the guy for the future and I know that that is kind of maybe a little harsh to say of a true freshman right away but I'm thinking Lovey Smith might think the same way and the reason why I'm saying that is there was a tweet earlier this week about three days ago um, from when we're listening to the, from when you're listening to this podcast from Luke Lowry at um, Illini Pulse, he does Illinois basketball recruiting. He's a correspondent for Illinois Pulse. And he did a tweet that said, Breaking, 
Illinois University of Illinois head coach Lovey Smith and his staff will be paying an in-home visit to their prize recruit class of 2020 quarterback Gregory Spann on Wednesday. So it already happened. They already had the visit. And Gregory Spann is a prize. Yes, he's only a three three-star recruit, but the kid's phenomenal. He's a dual threat quarterback. Dual threat can do it all. Right now, it's pretty much the the way the analysts are thinking. Um, the team, it's really he's got his top five of. We are in the top five. Duke's in the top five. Uh, Louisville, Old Miss, and Central Florida. The way I see it, Central Florida is probably only there because it's the state of Florida, and maybe he's got maybe mom or dad or um, the just family of like, hey, I'll keep him in the top five. What if I want to stay close to home? Because he's a St. Petersburg kid. Cool. Louisville, I don't think, is a big chance to get him. Old Miss just fired their head coach, so they're going to have a little bit of turn- turnover. So I think they may lose out depending on who they bring in. To I, The last I heard was um, Fedora, ex-coach at, North Carolina is the front runner for that old miss job. If he comes in, is he going to be a coach that span wants to play for really? It's coming down between us and Duke where most analysts have him going to Duke 50%. Um, but we're sitting there at 25. And I think that the in house visit by lovey and the staff is to kind of boost those numbers a little bit. I think that, I think that because the visit was made, and of course you're going to try to get him, I'm thinking Lovey's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. And, hey, I've seen what I've seen from Matt Robinson. Maybe he ain't the guy. Maybe he ain't the guy. Because with Brandon Peters, really it's still up in the air what his status is going to be for our bowl game. Um, From everything that I've looked at, Many people are projecting us to be in the Red Box Bowl, which means we'd play a team like California. I think that's the Pac-12 team that we're slated to play, so it'll probably be Red Box Bowl. We'll play against a team like California. And I haven't heard anything about Brandon Peters' status for that game. So it could be a situation where he could be out. And, of course, with Brandon Peters right now, You've got the, and I'm looking at ESPN for this with his third season. There's a, there's a chance he could come back for an extra year. So if he comes back next year and we, we got to get Gregory Spann, there's no for sure he's going to come here. But if we get him, then we can have him sit his freshman year under Brandon Peters and then have him start his second year um, with the team. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I think it is. The offense just wasn't cooking because we're missing our quarterback. We're missing our number one wide receiver. And really, that's the big thing of it. Like, what do you expect loving this offense to do without our top quarterback and without our top receiver? Really, you can't do anything. You're kind of giving them or sending them out there with a handicap and expecting them to make wine out of water, basically. And it ain't going to happen that way. So, I mean... That's just kind of my thoughts after thinking about it. But 
obviously let me know what you guys think at Lockdown Illini. You can also send me emails at LockdownIllini at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I'll be back tomorrow fully breaking down the Maryland-Illinois game, giving my complete thoughts, keys, players to watch, all that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you guys tomorrow. But as always, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Have a good day, everybody.